Hey everybody, it's Jeff Gerstmann. I'm here back in our podcast studio, joined by longtime friend of the site, here, bearded, doing his thing. It's Paul Barnett, everybody. How's it going? Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, friends of the show. Although this is a new, new room for me. Yeah. Yeah, um, we, we moved to a new floor. Uh, we spent something like two quarters worth of budget putting this room together. <laughs> it, it's, it's like seeing a platform refresh yeah kind you know, of like every time yeah. i come to the studio it's like it's it's the giant bomb five yeah we've, 5. we've yeah we, we, we've scraped together enough money we, we've stolen enough stuff from other parts of the building to uh you know ransom back in exchange for a new room or a 4k tv or or, or whatever yeah. no it's, it's it's good it's good to be back as well uh, we're doing a a little bit of a, a long uh podcast because i'm, I'm off Right. I'm leaving. I'm off to Cyprus for a couple of years. Yeah. So, yes. Okay. So let's, let's back up to the, let's back up. Electronic arts. Yes. You, you, I, was in, I was in electronic arts. You, I, you were doing things here in the Bay Area. Yep. You spent some time in Virginia doing yep. your thing. Yeah. And, I, and then I ended up in the office of the chief creative officer, mm-hmm. working for the office of the chief creative officer, officer, as the senior creative director in the office of the chief creative officer. Wh- okay. And... So that sounds like some deep, dark shadow part of the company that is just like what it, it's the, the role of that office is to uh, look at all the new emergent tech platform ideas, concepts, uh, fiddle around with them, talk to the people who are generally making them mm-hmm. and then uh, offer up advice uh, to, at a board level going, hey, this is what we think is going to happen, not going to happen. This is where we think things are going and not going. Like these are platforms that we could probably make some, some of our style of games on. Yeah, and, and, and figuring out, you know, EA needs to decide whether it's going to first move into something. Mm-hmm. It doesn't usually like first moving. I mean, right. can. Um, yeah. Did an aggressive first move into the PlayStation 4, right. Xbox One. Yeah. Uh, didn't do a first move onto the Wii. Uh, you know, so and sometimes it, you know it can get a little nervous, and there's all this new tech and what people are. So I spent a lot of time looking at uh, streaming technologies, smart televisions, uh, VR, wearables, mm-hmm. um, augmented reality, right? Uh, yeah, and then looking at what do you do with big, uh, heavy iron AAA games when you've got platforms that are available that have got much you know lighter performance and input. You know, if you've got FIFA, uh, how do you make it work on a streaming television? When right, you haven't got a controller. Yeah, and so yeah. We, we, you know, we, we spent three months fiddling around doing stuff like that. Uh, what did I learn? Um, I learned that I don't like spending a lot of time doing that. I like making things. It, it sounds like you would spend a lot of time prototyping things that never yeah. see the light of day. Yeah, you spend a lot of time just being um, uh, dis- disappointed by the hardware, actually, <laughs> what, or throwing up. Spend a lot of time throwing. Okay, up. well, yeah, not being able to focus your eyes. Yeah, and it's like people come in and you go, "Oh, is it another um, controller that fits on my hand somehow that somehow works with VR? Excellent, excellent." And you're also a startup, and you also think we should invest, and you also just think we should put. Mass Effect and Battlefield on it. Excellent, excellent. No, we're not going to do any of that. Uh, so uh, that was interesting. Um, I watched executives from all over the industry and outside of the industry mm-hmm. um, get, come to our place to look at the VR stuff, and they all had exactly the same uh, experience, every single one of them, which you've already had a couple of E3s ago. They go in, they put the headset on, and they come out, and they've been changed forever. And the closest thing I can match it to is this as though they've got high for the very first time right it was kind of awesome yeah and they come out and they go dude yeah yeah gotta try it it's gonna change the world everyone's going to do it yeah we need to invest and of course they've all got um incredibly high stories i was painting in midair and you could walk around there was a shark 
swimming. The shark was going to get me, man. Get, so they've done all the demos and now yeah. they're, they're retelling you the demo you've seen a million times mm -hmm. as though they were unbelievably high. Unfortunately, they've also got all the money. Right. So there yeah. they are going, this is it. We should just get rid of doing things on the, with the console. Let's just put everything on VR and where they're going, no, it's no. Like it's not, it's, calm it's down. not, you can't, I mean, you Cut. could, but you wouldn't we want wouldn't to. Know. And the, here, let me tell you why you wouldn't put a Battlefield game in VR really anytime soon. Anytime soon. Yeah. So I, I finished, we finished that. We finished the, the job, which is really good. And I learned a lot. I learned weird things like, um, 4K televisions mm -hmm. are actually sold as normal televisions uh, without you, them telling you it's 4K because it's cheaper for the TV people to make 4K TVs than it is to make uh, 1080s because then they've got four LEDs mm -hmm. for one pixel. Right. So to get pixel burnout and give you a replacement, four of them have to pop. So all the 1080s are actually 4K TVs that have just had a little wire cut i feel like yeah i feel like 3d was kind of yeah 3d tvs were, were a similar thing yeah. where it was like oh it's just actually cheaper for us to just make them one way instead of two and yeah and, and we saw a lot of really early hardware which is now turned into into real hardware mm -hmm. so we saw like the add-ons for playstation and right Xbox yeah. And yeah. where nintendo were going stuff like that but yeah no i finished that and um i wanted to get back into gaming and i looked around and i've been doing it so long now that i'd come to only one conclusion i want to work on a game that i loved Right. And that's hard because, uh, you know, games are build and burn. Mm -hmm. You build them, you release them, you burn them. There's only online games about the only permanency. And, uh, and even those, I mean, these days, there yeah. are so many of them now. That yeah. And so I was wondering what to play. And then my wife pointed out that it was um, Sunday morning and I was in my underpants in the um, uh, game room playing that tanks game again. Mm -hmm. And she said, um, you're always playing that game. And, and it's true. I, I had a, a world of tanks um, had become my game that I played. Right. And you know what it's like. Uh, if you work on them or review them or mm -hmm. critique them, uh, it's super hard uh, to just enjoy a game because you're on a conveyor belt of having to harvest games and look at games. And, well, yeah. That's... And you don't get time, and then it feels like a job. And So I'd found World of Tanks, and I was playing it obsessively. Um, actually, I looked at my numbers yesterday. I've done one man year of playing. Jeez. So, uh, that's, that's, and how long did it take you to, how many of the last, like, what is that over the last five years? Or five years. Yeah. Okay. So five, you spent so one, you spent, it's a, it's a man year. 20%. Yeah. Eight, eight hours of a day yeah. for a year. Okay. Man, um, right. Right. Uh, over, uh, yeah. Four, four solid months, more than I've pooped. Mm -hmm. I've been playing tanks. And so, um, they've got an office here in San Francisco. Uh, and so I went there and basically I, I, I worked there for a year, like interviewing because they're very, um, particular about their game. And you want right. people to fiddle with it if they know what they're doing. And um, I'm an obsessive player. And in that year, uh, we uh, we ran the, the, the uh, North American office. Uh, but I also worked with the designers. Mm -hmm. And now um, I'm off. Uh, being the, I'm deputy creative director. Okay. So I'm off to do that. And, and so, I mean, this this game's been going for a while now. Six it, years. Yeah. So that after six years, what does a deputy creative director like like what's what's the role like it seems like a lot of the game is fairly established but obviously there are still places to take it i imagine it's more than just like what if we put in this tank this uh, one's got the derp <laughs> the derp yeah. Yeah. uh the biggest challenge it's got is that it's a very eastern uh russian game mm -hmm. and so um they, they have this this saying where you've got to eat the cactus uh, to enjoy a game. Of course, yeah, everyone so knows that. It, it has no concept of like uh, onboarding or tutorial oh, or right. friendly UI. Yep. It yeah. has no, con no concept of welcoming you. There's no concept of telling you how to play the game. Mm -hmm. It's very brutish. You will line up for 12,000 hours for one loaf of bread 
and that is what you will do, and that's where it comes from. Yeah, right. Uh, and so most of the most of the work is actually just trying to soften it a little bit, mm. so that uh, it can go there. And the reason I want to do it is because I'm old now. Like I'm, I'm old. I, I watch my son play League of Legends, and I realize that's why young boys have such strong wrist muscles. Right. Well, uh, there's one of the reasons. But one yeah, of the reasons. sure. It's, is it not that? Oh my god. Uh, and uh, I just can't play that high arousal, super clicking thing. It's uh, it's not for for me either. No, but I've, I'd, I've got calluses and, and and deposits in my joints. For me, it's a fundamental thing. It, it's it's that I want a real time strategy game that has base building and <laughs> them to take to just like take that StarCraft mod or that, I'm sorry, that Warcraft three mod and turn it into this boatload of games that are based around like, well, what if you only controlled one character and no, it's not Diablo. It's still like an RTS is like, no, no, that's the opposite of the direction. Like I give me a RTS game with zero units. <laughs> just, I just build the buildings. I just want to build the buildings and go like, ah, maybe I'll put some sandbags here. I don't know. Build a commando. What easy just let him run off and go do his thing. I don't know. That's, that's kingdom for keeflings. Isn't it? Isn't that? Yeah. That might actually be that. Guy. I actually did. My wife's a big fan. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, so um, uh, I, I can't play high arousal games, and mm-hmm. so I play this because um, if you took every computer game and turned them into sports games, right, like real sports, mm-hmm. uh, then first-person shooters and League of Legends is like playing basketball. It's a short court. You have to run backwards and forwards. You're going to be in peak physical condition. It's, it's you can lose in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. and everyone's really good. And uh, World of Tanks is like golf. I get to drive around in a little truck. I can drink. Mm-hmm. I can hit crappy shots. I can just take the ball back and hit it again. Mm-hmm. I just hang out with my mates and I play at my own leisure. And there aren't any children there, <laughs> and so it's sort of it's an old man shooter. So it, it it rewards all the things that I I can I now have. Mm-hmm. I have patience. I understand angles. Yeah. I don't mind waiting in a bush, just for my one shot. I, 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 I go and read about tanks on the Wikipedia. I, I can use my knowledge of 1970s World War II movies. <laughs> Kelly's Heroes is really useful if you play World of Tanks. That sounds like that's halfway to a tutorial right there. If, if you just include a download, download a, a rental Heroes. for Kelly's Heroes. Yeah. So, and, you know, you can play it uh, while having a glass of scotch next year and still be relatively good at it. Hmm. And it's time boxed. So, you, can, you know, every match is maximum 15 minutes, minute, usually about six Hmm. Uh, so when my wife goes, that's it, you've got to stop, I can go, okay, well, got 15 Let's minutes. Finish this one up. Yeah, and, I'll finish yeah. the playoff. So I, I get to do that, and uh, it's free, but it, it's it's fake free. Mm-hmm. And so because it's my obsessional game, and I don't generally play anything else, um, I'm not spending any more money than I would normally spend. Right. I just put it into that. Yeah. And so I can have a very big tank, and I can shoot mega bullets. Mm-hmm. And yes, I do have really nice paint on my tank, because <laughs> yes, it's my hobby. <laughs> Yeah. So, I do. so yeah, so the chance to go work on that is absolutely great. Um, so that's good. So I'm disappearing, a two-year contract um, with an extension provided it all works out. And so I thought I'd come in and do my end of yeah, year. Yeah, before you go off to Cyprus. Well, I've been so busy, and you've been so busy. We, 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 yeah, we, like we, I, I we saw you at PAX. Yeah. yeah, I ran into you at PAX. You told me that you went to SummerSlam. I did, yes. We talked about wrestling, of all things, for a little while, and I then you, you ran what, off into the night. I'm like, all right, I, well, I, I Paul wouldn't saw wrestling. I don't know. Then I, he was gone. I owe you a, I owe you a, a, a debt <laughs> about that. Uh, my daughter, if she turned 15 uh, in America, she turned 15 all over the world, actually. Mm-hmm. Yes, and she turned 15 all over the world. Uh, she came there, and she's a big wrestling fan. Mm. So, yes, we, we went off. We went off to SummerSlam, and uh, I had gone in as an ignoramus. Sure. I'd yeah. gone in as someone who'd only ever seen it. Uh, like I saw it when Hulk Hogan was in it on TV. And right. What I didn't appreciate is that something monumental has happened in wrestling 
over probably the last 20 years. And it's developed. And the people who were there, uh, they're uh, sophisticated. They're exceedingly knowledgeable. They're absolutely in on the right. theater. Yeah. And they are watching a completely different experience to what I thought they were watching. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all the people around us in the, in the crowd and, and, uh, and my daughter, they can call out the names and the moves. And they were talking about, you know, the storylines, the meta storylines, mm-hmm. and the merchandise was amazing. And so, no, it was, um, it was very eye-opening. And I felt, uh, I, went, I went away and berated myself for being small-minded about it. Mm. Uh, accidentally small-minded. It, it's, uh, it's a pretty common thing i think you know it's very easy to look at that and go like oh boy sometimes i do that and uh you know i i know it all uh, I, I know most of of what's going on there but sometimes well, some of the writing gets so bad at some point well, you're like, right, like yeah. I, I can't do this i can't i can't spend the hours and hours watching this anymore well, it was only after that that i realized the importance of them unmasking the belts oh and like, sure and the great right. disappointment that the belt looked mm-hmm. too much like the other belt like the other belt yeah and that, that that was a really big thing yeah and i was like oh wow and of course it is a big thing because they're gonna go off and buy them and these belts are really expensive yeah like 300 dollars. Yeah. yeah yeah you, you want a want a belt that looks cool and you want you need to mean something and then uh the winners and losers on that night and you know mm-hmm. it wasn't a great slam yeah yeah i don't know it's be it, it's been fascinating over these last handful of years getting to know a few people that are wrestling at that level um and and that are that are on those shows or are on on smaller shows or have been on those shows and, and to kind of just realizing that like I think that the change that happened from the eighties from the the time that you know everyone thinks about when they think about wrestling is that like the people that are doing it now are like just the, the people are they're doing it and the people that are watching it are all big wrestling nerds. Yes. They're just like, they're like, oh, you know, I, this, this thing from the seventies that I watched, I want to try and do something that evokes that. And, you know, it, it's all built on this obsession, uh, this, the same way everything else is the same way, you know, comics, anime, you know, whatever. It reminded me of my love affair with computer games. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of my love affair with comics. And, yeah. uh, I then have, I have renewed love and affection for it as a genre and an idea. And I actually spent some time going away and looking into it. because I was, really interested in how they were building brand and marketing and mm-hmm. how they do outreach and all that. And I just thought it was, it was, it was illuminating. So thank you. You, uh, you helped me there by uh, agreeing to take my daughter and uh, having a great experience. But anyway, yeah. enough of the wrestling. So I've got um, six games from this year that I wanted to call out and talk about. Not particularly games that were fantastic, brilliant, amazing commercial. Mm-hmm. The lads I could have picked. I could have picked Overwatch. Yeah. Um, Overwatch is amazing. Blizzard uh, threw down to make a, a moment and uh, they spent two years uh, you know in the community building it and they achieved it yeah i could talk about that we're not going to uh, uncharted 4 you know can they do it without amy can they bring it to close mm. on a new platform um, i could talk about no i'm not going to talk about that there's loads of others uh, but i tried to pick things that were, were useful interesting so the first one is by from play dead uh, inside mm-hmm. i picked it because it's the game that i most use when i'm talking to would-be game designers Mm. So like a young game designer or someone who wants to get into game design, yeah. I point them at, at Inside and I say, go, go, go have a look at that game. Uh, and I do it for a couple of reasons. Uh, first, it wasn't their first game. Right. Uh, but it, show, it shows you how you get better, mm-hmm. which is good. Uh, but the more you look at that game, uh, regardless of what you think about it, the more design elements of that game are done to, with a level of purity and wonder, which is great. So the tutorial uh, in uh, Inside is amazing. 
Uh, here they are. Uh, they're going to teach you the Sonic the Hedgehog school of Go Right. Right. Uh, and uh, they need to get you to understand that although it's a 3D world and there's corridors and, and you're not going to be able to go down any of them yeah. and you have to be okay with it. That's all design. Just you, go you, to the right. Yep. You then have to figure out uh, how to pull things, get on top of things, move things. Uh, you also have to figure out what you can and can't do that. You know, sticking your head in crazy contraptions. Mm. It, it's incredibly complicated. If you write down all the interactions that they need to get you to do and then you go back and play that game just paying attention to how they teach them to you. And you go, right there, that's great tutorial design. Hmm. You can write a document on that. So if you're a would-be designer, go look at it for tutorial design. It's great. But it, it goes further than that. Uh, hardly any text. If I don't think there's any text or credits, probably in title. Yeah, that might be um, it. No voiceovers. Hmm. Minimalist sound. So all the narrative communication is done through the animation and the art style and the interaction. Uh, like the dogs chasing you and the cars and mm -hmm. the headlights. And what that does, it allows you to create your own narrative. It's also super cheap for localization. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. Again, another good design trick. Yeah. This localizes really quickly, so that's good. Uh, the camera controls are absolutely phenomenal because uh, it plays a lot of really cheap tricks. I, I got so obsessed, I kept going between two rooms. And you know how the, the, the wall sort of goes past you? The front right. Of the camera? Yeah. They were using that to move the camera. That, that momentary Okay, cut. so, so at, during that cut, they'd be like, okay, now we're going to position this yeah. in the midpoint of this room, not... And, and that's how they were getting around lots of the curious design issues they were going to have. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see the levels zoomed out because they must look really weird. Okay? Right. Just because of the yeah. way their camera work. And, and when you think about, you know, they were moving you on one plane, mm -hmm. and yet there was an object that you could come up to that you might be able to push, or you might be able to get over or go under, or go in front of, or go behind. But it's all on the same plane. Mm -hmm. And so just from a control schema point of view, that's really, really hard. Then they're blending animation tech. Mm -hmm. Absolutely superb. Uh, and then they let you create your own narrative. They didn't really tell you what was going on, uh, which I thought was really, really great. Um, and then they did the one thing that would never happen in Ubisoft Activision uh, EA. Uh, they had new tech. They had the bobble Right. Flesh. Like thing. at the very end of the game. And they put it 80% in the game, yeah. uh, which is unheard of. Can you imagine anyone like trying to get funding and go, we've got this really new tech. Uh, what they'd have done is that they've done a, a prototype mm -hmm. or, a, or a technical vertical slice. Right. And then some executive would have said, put that in the first encounter. Yeah. Uh, have that gonna, be in the first 20 minutes. It's going to be on all the trailers. Yeah. And it's going to be the, it's the selling point. It's the X. It's the, mm -hmm. and yet here, here are these designers hiding it until the very end, uh, which I actually think is the, the wrong answer. <laughs> I'd have put it a little earlier. Well, so, yeah, that ended up being one of my problems with the game was that was the part where the game got interesting Super from a, interesting. like, I think the the design of the puzzles and the things you're doing, uh, you know, throwing the box in the air, like that, that late game stuff is way more fascinating yep. and engaging than a lot of the, the gameplay, just the puzzle design that yep. came before it. So I got to that point. I was like, oh, that's weird. Oh, it's over. And then it was over, yeah. Oh, well, okay. And it, it left me flat as a result. Like, I kind of walked away from it going like, well, this is a well-made thing that actually left me weirdly disappointed. And that's why I think it's great for a would-be designer mm -hmm. to chew it over because some of their decisions were self-sabotaging. Right. Uh, they were artistically powerful. Mm -hmm. But if most people don't get to that point, then what was the point of the tech? Right. And once you got to that point, the game was so dramatically more interesting mm -hmm. and so much more... Uh, vital 
Right. That you go, oh. And then, of course, you ask the question, would I have had that reaction if I'd have got it earlier? Um, like yeah, if it was something where, like, oh, I just occasionally hit this button and I burst into this bubble, like, that that wouldn't. Uh, on the other hand, um, if you're colorblind, it's a nightmare. I'm colorblind. I am, too. Uh, and so red. Red on grays and browns. I didn't have, so, I don't remember having too much trouble with couldn't, it. Couldn't find the bright red bits of scenery to pull. Mm. Keep asking okay. my wife to come right. in and yeah. look for them. Yeah, yeah. I have the same problem on uh, Uncharted with the sniper scopes with the laser sights. Oh, I can right. never tell when the, yep. the snipers are yeah when they're aiming at you. I don't yep. even know they're there. Mm-hmm. I just get shot, and I yep. go, oh, "That'd be those white pixels." Have you going. tried? Have you tried the glasses? Yeah, I did. Um, I uh, they make me feel sick. Oh, hmm. Um, I tried them, and they just never. They would either tint things too much to be distra- so as to be distracting, right. or they just didn't seem to do enough. Are you, uh, what do you got? Green, brown? I am protonopia, I guess, which right. is like, I can't see red. No, so I'm red, green, and brown. Okay. I've got all three. Yeah. Which makes RTS maps a nightmare. Oh, I bet. Uh, yeah. And uh, oddly enough, lots of, uh, so about about 9% of the, of the males in the world are colorblind, but 17% of game playing males are colorblind. Yeah. That's, I have known, so like I've encountered so many people in video games that are colorblind yep. and that they've been very good at games that you have to wonder, is it because so like I grew up discarding color information as much as I could. Yep. So does that mean I'm focusing on what really matters and I'm faster? And uh, as a result, I was terrible at that uh, DS brand training where you had to say the name of the oh, color yeah, right. th- that it was mm-hmm. because I couldn't see. Yeah. red and the green right. and the brown. It's just but guessing at some point. It was useless. Anyway, so there you are, Inside. Uh, one of my games of the year, mostly because you can dismantle it from a design point of view. Mm-hmm. It's done by a small team. It's yeah. a second game. There's lots to chew and talk over. Um, if you are a would-be game designer, go have a look at it. See if you can write down observations about it and try and think about what you would change from a commercial point of view. I think it's just a good thought. Exercise. More guns. You know, Maybe more, more guns. guns. If you could level up and unlock more guns, if there was uh, some kind of skin with an energy drink that you could like unlock or something. It, I, that's always a more advert. Yeah. Put ads in it. Yeah. And, yeah. and paywalls, mm-hmm. as many of those as possible. Uh, next, next up, another big creative, Last Guardian. Mm. So, um, you know, Japan obsessed with game directors. Right. Uh, I mean, obsessed with it. To yeah. A, a, yeah. A, a truly unhealthy mm-hmm. level. It uh, doesn't happen anywhere else in the world. Uh, Sid Meier. <laughs> but he owns his stuff. Yeah, I know. But yeah, so, um, uh, and obviously uh, they commit, uh, and it's, is it, is it Udia? Udia, is that how it's Ueda. Ueda, sorry. Yeah. Not very terrible with eh, this. You know, yeah. uh, and so I'd, uh, I'd, I knew a bit about the working practice, so uh, very much to the same way Dice works. Uh, mm. They do, he does um, uh, emotional uh, reel uh, of the game he wants to make, and he doesn't have any game in it. He's okay. got like, movies photographs home movies puppets mm-hmm. and he strings it all together and he, he'll play the video and it's like this four minute video it gives you like the feel and emotion of what what we're trying to aim for that is how i was introduced to a couple of grand theft auto games yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it's, it's a good system yeah. and so he'd done that and um, obviously you know puppy meets kitten meets bird mm-hmm. uh, as that and and he was driven by um uh, against his uh, better judgment, uh, everyone loved that horse. You know, he built he built the game, and he's like, the game's we got all these important. No, you all love that horse. You're all really into the horse. Yeah, I guess I should make you a, a game with a big pet then. Yeah, uh, and then of course it gets made. It's on PlayStation Three it gets made forever. It's in development hell. They then leave. Yeah, uh, right. And then um, uh, I, I a story I heard, which I didn't have proof. I just got proved out. Um, there was a demo reel. I don't know. Did you ever see the demo reel? The, the PlayStation Three demo reel they had. 
I mean, when they announced it, they showed some things here and there, but I, I don't know. This is the one from like 2012, not the one they brought to Oh, E3. okay. No, I did not, so I did the, not see that one. There was, the, there was one behind closed doors you could see it, and um, I knew a guy who'd seen it, and he said, there's something weird about it. Now, the weirdness was that uh, they uh, filmed it, and then they double-speeded it. Because it, it <laughs> oh, just it just couldn't, couldn't run. It just couldn't yeah. run. Yeah. And so it was a double-speeded PlayStation 1, uh, uh, PlayStation 3. So classic part, trailer tricks. Well, it, it, it made me feel happy because that's the sort of stuff that, you know, I've, I've been around. Stuff like that's happened. <laughs> oh, the Japanese are doing that. I don't feel too bad about it. Uh, so then he leaves, forms his own company, agrees to be a creative director for Oversight. It spends years coming to market, and mm-hmm. now it's finally here. Um, this just doesn't happen. Nope. That's the reason it's on my list. This just doesn't happen. People don't get to do that. It's just super rare. Um, and the amount of games that get made that either have to go out or, or cannibalized or the team's removed or mm-hmm. another team goes in or it's just closed. Right. Uh, the idea that they just go, oh, no, just keep going, whatever you want. Like, I suppose um, uh, Spore, that would be the American folly version sure. of it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Will can just keep going. Right. And, until he's got some. And, and people want to compare it to stuff like final fantasy 15 but that wasn't that stopped and restarted like duke nukem yeah. forever obviously you know that thing changed but that wasn't a powerhouse yeah. creative just well also being yeah. given forgiveness right yeah uh, and then of course the market moved mm-hmm. so you know 2007 8 9 round about there uh you know we were in pretty poor formulaic game world but since then the explosion of uh, warmth reflection what does mm-hmm. it all mean getting in touch with my feelings, right. stuff's out the wazoo, and you can get it on anything. And so, you know, it finally arrives. And um, what a creative vision. Like, he's hell-bent on kitten, dog, bird. Yeah. And the kitten, dog, bird is amazing. The way it interacts, it, it's they, they... amazing. But it reminds me of a lot of the VR stuff. Mm. Like, it's cute and all, but the camera's terrible. Right. The controls are wonky. It, you you see a PlayStation Three somewhere behind the scenes and all that stuff. You see, or if if not the hardware, you see that aesthetic, that design, that style of camera placement. It feels and, like an old game, yeah. yeah even though it is, uh, so yeah, I, I it hit expectation hell, mm-hmm. which you couldn't hit, and now it's come out. And of course, uh, the old people have got it out of a sense of duty and honor and mm-hmm. dignity. Um, it does feel like an art house movie, subtitles, right, uh, and all that. Um, years to come will be well thought of. The same way the previous games yeah, they'll be were. Well thought of, they'll, be, so they'll be well thought of and, and people will go like, oh, that, those were good. But yeah. it, I think it'll be a select number of people. Oh, it's... For sure. It's like Warner Brothers' insistence on, of, of bankrolling Kubrick. Mm-hmm. He'll spend 10 years making his movie and then five years after it's released, people say, actually, it's brilliant. Yeah. But it'll still do no business at the cinema. But that's not the point. It's Kubrick. And right. So it was like that. So it, that's just in there just to say to people, look, there is a view where a creative, there are still some creatives who can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not sure that the end result was great. But I, I also think it's like a highly questionable thing for Sony to do given like what it could have done with that money and time and people if they had put them onto different games. Like there's just if you look at like the first party lineup for the PlayStation four and also like, I just look at it and go like, man, that's, that's a, that's a bad, they could have, that's a weird investment. It's it's cool that they did it, but Sony, Sony were coming off two years of pretty poor decisions in all sorts of directions. Well, yeah. So they were in a bit of a mess, but, um, uh, but they got there. So I I think it's worth looking at just to go, look, there were some creative moments. There's Mm -hmm. one right there and look at the dedication to one idea and yet look at the fact 
because it's taking too long. It feels too old. It doesn't like it's gone to the right market. It's got opportunity. What, what in the business they call opportunity cost, right. which is what you're you're currently going at. You're yeah. saying, what is the opportunity? If we yeah. have employed that money and people elsewhere, would you have got a better game? Which is fundamental to how big games get made. Mm-hmm. That's why you, you they love sequels, right? Because the sequel's a better idea than yeah. it's like starting. We've already stretch. got. The, the design is at least a, t- a tenth of the way done, if which, not more. Which, which leads me to to a mobile game. Uh, it's Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Namtic, uh, who had had a they'd had a game beforehand, the um, uh, in in Ingress, Ingress, Ingress yeah. yeah, which was the like mob you can like play hackery, things. yeah. Uh, but it's actually it's a it's a Google company, right? And it was the guys who did Google Earth. And uh, they have an awful lot of world data and an awful lot of where people go. Mm-hmm. And they took all that. And then Nintendo did a, an April Fool's um, map with Google as, right. a, as a bit yep. of a laugh. Mm-hmm. And then off the back of that, they were like, well, we could make that game. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's in there isn't because it's a great game. It's in there because um, I lived through uh, my phone melting as every single person I knew who worked in mobile had to live with what happened 24 hours after it launched. So 24 hours after it launched, every single team in America was mm-hmm. ordered in front of the CEO and told, make me a Pokemon Go game. Right. Make me Harry Potter Go. Make me Battlefield Go. Make yeah. me Need for Speed Go. Just, just go, go get, get the world data. Why, why that, haven't that's you for done sale, this? right? Yes, yeah. go get the world data, get the people who did Google Earth, and then um, take one of our IPs. Let's say Need for Speed. Now, the thing about Need for Speed is it's about walking around outside Everyone knows Finding this. little monsters. Yes. And then using an object in your hand, a Pokeball, but this will be a phone. Mm-hmm. Collecting the monsters, walking back to town where we have gyms. Of where, course. Where they bottle. Uh-huh. Because Pokemon Go is just Pokemon. Yeah. It, it, it's just the Pokemon game, the 25-year-old game. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like that doesn't map to anything. Right. In fact, I mean, the in some ways, like the the mobile game is so less complex in terms of combat, like you think Absolutely. about the kind of traditional JRPG style combat that you saw in that you see in, in the traditional Pokemon games, like they didn't even do that. That's where that's where it broke me. The oh. the timing game of like slide the ball out there was just not enough. <laughs> well, there's, there's all sorts of things about it that are really really curious. Like um, it apparently stunned them that it was going to be popular. <laughs> right? Yeah. Who could have thought? It's a bit like marketing, never realizing that Christmas is in December mm-hmm. again, again. You're right. Yeah. Who'd have thought it? It's in December again. It's like, wait a minute. They, um, you know, we need gonna, to get out in front of this next year. But, what are we doing? <laughs> and so not only did they not get ready for the the flash of server use, they also hadn't built long-term game. Right. Uh, and then um, because of the way the mobile market works, uh, there's a lot of people very angry with them that they hadn't got a lot more monetization in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but th- that's not the reason I've got it in there. I've got it in there because Nintendo were always told off for not embracing platforms. And yet when they did, they created a phenomenon. Uh, and it, it did change everything. It got people out walking and it showed people how to make a mobile phone game differently. It's built off their IP. It was really curious and it changed everyone's investment in mobile. Mm-hmm. Everyone had to go and at least fail to make a, mob, a Pokemon Go game for three months. Right. Until the day 90 numbers were in and everyone said, oh, wait a minute, it's, not, it's just a yeah. fad. Well, okay. It's just a fad. Just everyone go back. Back onto your idle games. Keep clicking. Back on, back on the Clash of Clans. Yeah. They were all there again. Send the, send the Crying Kings. That's, that's, that's the way to go. So yeah. it, I've got it in there because I think from a, again, from a creativity point, it was really, really curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it, did, it moved, moved the needle. And that's what you're looking for. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it didn't work very well, but, you know, creativity requires failure. 
Yeah, I, th- that was a game as I played it. There were just elements where I was like, there's really something to this and it's so close, but it's not what I need it to be. And I get why there are so many other people that got obsessed with it and all that other stuff. But between commuting in a car and not doing much walking, uh, living in an area where there weren't a lot of gyms and there wasn't a lot of action and I had chosen the wrong team. So there was no hope of me ever gaining anything <laughs> from any of the gyms around there. Like, and, and this is the exact same thing I went through with Ingress. Yes. Where I, I, I launched Ingress and said like, well, I don't know, blue, sure. Oh, wait, my town's a red town. Okay, right. everyone in my town chose the other side. I'm hopeless. It's hopeless. I can never make any real headway into this. Yeah, and, and that's because they, they, they really hadn't thought through yeah. super long-term game, which, you know, you got to go out and try it. So mm-hmm. anyway, so I got that one there. Yeah. Um, Battlefield, Battlefield 1. Mm. I've got two bits about Battlefield 1. Yeah. Uh, first one is Lars Gustafsson, creative director. Mm-hmm. I love Lars. Uh, I was on the creative director accelerator course Ooh. years ago. What color jacket the, uh, is that when you finish it? Is it? It's not purple. That's the... Uh, it's whether you still have a job. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, uh, They're accelerating, th- accelerating you either into a corner office or out on the street. Th- 38 of us went in, six of us came out. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> pretty brutal yeah. uh but um he stood up he's a huge he's like 19 feet tall mm-hmm. he's very calm if i'm like a kirkian creative with a very punchy and i know what i want he's very picardian mm. he's very you know he's very scandawegian very you know talk it through right uh, but he's a genius um and he had a problem with helicopters and the problem he has is really simple uh, helicopters in battlefield they're, they're tricksy They've always been tricksy, mm-hmm. and it's on his list of things. Things we will do next battlefield: make helicopters less tricksy. Yeah, and every time he does it, um, he, he fails miserably. <laughs> and you know, I get in, I take off, I flip upside down, I crash. Right. Um, whereas other people get in, and they're helicopter ninjas. Right. Uh, you yeah. either you either have that skill or you don't. Yep. And I don't think you can learn it, and it's weird. So he'd been trying for years to fix it, and I think the closest he got was um, Bad Company Two, mm-hmm. is where he absolutely went. No, we're going to make them. So then Battlefield uh, 4 comes out. Helicopters. They're impossible. Yeah. And so years ago, uh, because these games take so long to make, mm-hmm. uh, I was over in DICE. Uh, we were, I, was in the, I was telling them about VR. And uh, we were seeing Battlefield 1, which was a codename Tangusta back then. Mm, okay. Because they all have code names. Right. Uh, and uh, they were in the, the way the games get made is you, you go through these review stages green light review, mm-hmm. first production review. And stuff like it's that. It's not just like the team sits there and goes, this is what we want to do next year, and then they right. just do it. Well, They've got a... First of all, it's not next year. They're like, oh, well, right. Three, yeah, yeah right. Three, three and a half, four-year cycles. Yeah. And, yeah, and they're in constant review, and they're constantly being chopped up and tested and fed through the thing. And what people, um, you know, d- don't realize is, you know, just uh, just how grindy it is. They're, they're full-on games, hard to make. Um, so there they are making the game, and I go to see him, and I'm laughing because I'm there going, well, have you fixed your helicopter thing? And he said, let me show you my sizzle reel. And he'd got the, they got their first um, in-game engine mm-hmm. sizzle reel, which is brilliant because it's the one you show to get all the money. Right, yeah. And so they, they played the, the sizzle reel, and that's when I went, oh, it's World War One." He said, yeah. yeah, no helicopters. Problem solved. Problem solved. It's one of the greatest pieces of creative direction I've ever come across. <laughs> Uh, and by the way, for the military historians, yes, there are some helicopters. Mm. You can find them if you dig hard enough. They're all mad. And they don't bear any relationship whatsoever to the concept of helicopters in Battlefield. You would want them to be impossible to fly. Yeah, well, they basically didn't. But, yeah. but they, there are some pictures that did exist, just in case anyone right. wants to get funny in the in the, the comments. So, yeah, so he'd, he'd fixed that, which I thought was amazing. Uh, and then he held with it. But what people didn't realize is uh, EA was taking a lot of telemetry from the game. Mm. 
and they had discovered something. And the thing they discovered is that uh, the vast majority of people weren't playing the single player game, right, at all, mm-hmm. uh, or they were dabbling, doing like two levels and then not doing any more. Yeah. Very, very few people were actually doing it. And um, single player is like one of the most expensive things to build. Mm-hmm. It's how it's, but it also gives you all your trailer moments. It, trailer moments. Of, look at this car flipping over, and yeah. we license this song, and we're drowning. Yeah, and and it can do some tutorial. Yeah, uh, so. Um, there was an idea floating around that maybe first, you know, that, that the first person big uh, player versus environment could be scaled back, and so there hadn't been much energy to assigning that part to the game. Mm-hmm. But Titanfall One uh, then came out, right? And uh, Titanfall One is pretty bereft of a, a a first person player story, right? And um, it was such a, such a visceral reaction. People were so unhappy. That it was then declared, well, obviously Battlefield, when we said we were <laughs> contemplating perhaps maybe mm-hmm. not committing so hard to the first person story, what we meant was we are totally committing. 1,000%. We will be doing it. So yeah. um, a guy called James Salt, who I've known for years, uh, he was grafted in. And uh, I wanted to bring it up because uh, there are no awards for coming in and adding a slice to a game because mm-hmm. they were up against it. You don't, right. you don't yeah. win an award for that. Yeah. There's no end of year. For like just creeping in and saving the day in a really crazy way. So James had to come in, put a team together. He then had to beg, borrow, and rob resources. Uh, he then had to do it with virtually no time. Mm-hmm. And the way the game had been planned, there was no real way of integrating it. But it had to be integrated. Right. And so it's a little sort of inside baseball, and it doesn't really matter to 99.9% of people who just picked it up and played it. But I genuinely think that the first player story element in Battlefield uh, 1 is great. It serves a purpose. I mean, you know, like for as much as previous campaigns have been like sort of tutorial like this one is a little more just like on the nose like this is the tank part yes and 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 so you know you've got different genders and you've got different settings mm-hmm. and they've wound it through there and i think it's probably the best one they've had in battlefield and it was done at the 11th hour mm-hmm. so um i would still take the bad company campaigns well I, the bad company comes a different thing yeah, because the, that's a bad company was like almost that's a special yes no a, bad a special thing special yeah i sat through two um pitch decks for new New bad companies. Um, they didn't didn't get greenlit, uh, yeah. but uh, they were amazing. Of course. Um, so why? Yeah. I so tell, why I would t- they get made? Well, I tell, they're I too amazing to be made. I tell you about them, but I, I fear that they're I'm yeah. probably still under NDA. Uh, so uh, yeah. So so James Holt, very good, um, very hard to do. I very liked it. Um, last one, creativity wise, is uh, a personal pick of mine. Uh, Enter the Gungeon. Hmm. Um, now, a couple of things that you might not know. Uh, they're very, they were very afraid of you. They were very afraid of you. Uh, so they're actually um, boys and girls who used to work in my studio. Right, uh, and yeah. They, they went off and started a little studio basically in a bedroom. Mm-hmm. It, was the, it was the dream. It was the right. game maker's well, dream. We're going to get out there and do our thing. We're going to yeah. go out and we're going to make a game. And uh, they set a preposterous time limit. Mm-hmm. They set a farcical budget. They thought it would all be done by Christmas. <laughs> uh, and then they, they started you know, eating uh, noodles right. and, and, and all working in a bedroom um, I gave. I, I, bought, I used to buy dinner for them, uh, and I, I bought the first piece of artwork that they had, first piece of key art. Uh, and then they were working, and they were trying hard, and they finally started getting their game into shape, and, and then two things happened. The first is they realized they didn't know how to get the game to market. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that they realized that they'd be, they loved Nuclear Throne. Right. 
Uh, and it was about that time that the, I got a call at Dave Crooks, who's the, the lead designer, and um, they'd found Devolver. Right. And uh, they liked Devolver's posters. So yeah. it, was, it was like Devolver. We should work it's, with Devolver. It's either them or Adult Swim, it's, really, should, right? I mean, we should work with Devolver. Yeah. And they had, had no real idea of how to do that. Mm-hmm. So I, I brokered the deal to, to get them together, yeah. um, which for me was trivial. Right. Phone yeah. call yeah. and introduction. Yeah. But for, for those, those boys and girls, uh, you know, monumental because it gave them a bit of, Devolver were absolutely brilliant. Mm. Like, if ever a first time studio needed to be treated well, and looked after devolver did the absolute playbook of how to do it they, cool. they were um they were everything i would have hoped i would be if i was doing it mm-hmm. uh, so they were very generous they i've, I've heard a, a lot of stories from yeah. from developers working with devolver that yeah. have had good experiences and yeah, they're so rare been... it's so rare for people to know so again if you're thinking of making your own game think about devolver hmm. so then they start making then it becomes horribly late yeah but then he has this big thing of you see some pre-cut or something and you go, it's just nuclear throw. So here's what happened. It was the PlayStation Experience. Right. They showed that game on stage at the during the keynote for the first PlayStation Experience. And so at this point, we'd had a build of the game already. Uh, and, and we'd played a little bit of it. Uh, and I don't know if we had done any coverage yet. But, you know, I, I'd played a little bit of it. I was familiar with it. Uh, I was like, oh, this, this seems neat. And then so I was kind of like live tweeting this keynote because I wasn't there. I was just watching the stream uh, and you're like, oh, you know, and, and then, you know, sometimes you get in a little goof around mode. And, and I and I do mean this. I don't necessarily mean it as a bad thing, but I just tweeted nuclear clone. It was too good to not to not write. It was too good. I was like nuclear. Clone. No, that, that writes itself. OK, good. Boom. Done. <laughs> I get an e- I get a like a I get an email from the person handling PR for the game like the next day huge long thing wow. oh you just you don't understand that and i'm like this, this is okay a couple of things one you're working for devolver devolver's whole thing should be confidence and a the game will speak for itself don't you worry end of story like the idea that you wrote this book to me about how i just don't get it and oh this really uh, mm, ah, mm, like was actually way like it left me way more shook about the quality of that game <laughs> than the quality of the build which was fine and seeing that thing this kind of off like the, the the inability to roll with that offhand remark and you know like i, I don't intend to hurt feelings I was able but to at some time at some point it's a it, well i mean so for for uh, uh dave and brent and uh ruble and uh people who are actually uh, making the game erica as well mm-hmm. um, um, they love the giant bomb, mm. and uh, they grew up on it. And they came to visit. That's a really haunting thing well, for they, anyone to say. You, I mean, don't you remember they, they came to visit when I would do talks when I was here. Yeah. They, would, they came with me a couple of times. Okay. and, and yeah. stood in the back mm-hmm. sheepishly, wanting to ask for your for your autograph. No, no, yeah, no. They they got it bad. So when you did this, they, 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 he was devastated. He called me up, and he said, "Well, maybe we should just throw the game away." I said, "What are you talking?" I'm absolutely gone mad. So I I uh, I did two things. Mm. The first was uh, I, I found well, I tracked down Rami, right? Uh, yeah, and and Rami was out there like pretty. Oh, and I I, I took him out to dinner. When, yeah. So Rami Rami and, and those guys had dinner, and he was absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like Devolver, right? He was gracious, good, mature, grown up, forgiving, tolerant, loving. He was absolutely fantastic. He was exactly what you would hope a, a, a successful indie maker would be. 
mm-hmm. if they were in in generous mood. Right now, he, he was like that for a couple of reasons. First, there's no point in picking a fight. Secondly, it's free advertising for Nuclear Throne. Mm. Thirdly, Nuclear Throne's mostly made all its money. Right, um, you know, it's had its burn, so yeah. it gets a little injection off the back of it. That no. it's harmless. And and by the way, they're not litigious, crazy, horrible, nasty people out for a fight. They're they're game lovers, and and, and it's it, they are different enough. I mean, you know, different. it is a dual joystick game with a retro aesthetic. You know, there there are yeah. certainly similarities. So, but he, he, so that that calmed them down a lot to yeah. get permission. And then the second thing uh, is they said, uh, "Well, what, what, can you help us?" And uh, I was like. Well, I'll tell you this. Just build your game. Right. Jeff will give you a fair shout. You'll get a fair shout. Honestly, mm-hmm. you will. I, and, en- I entered the gungeon. I beat you, that game. And you did. And, th- and there they were. They then tried it out. You know, RNG is their god. And if you get the right dungeon with the right skills, well, yeah. you walk it. But um, that was really hard. Uh, took them a lot longer. Nearly killed them. Mm-hmm. Um, changed their world. Changed their life. Yeah. Uh, they went from starving in bedrooms to being able to take a well-deserved break. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got, I think, got some new content coming in January. Uh, but I was just very pleased with it because it was a, uh, it's an example in the modern era of it working. Right. People in a bedroom with passion mm-hmm. can make a game. It can go out. It doesn't require you to have a phantom, uh, money injection right you don't have to go for uh, b c or a funding you don't have to go and tout around the tech heads if you just eat noodles <laughs> and you're willing to put up with all being very smelly mm-hmm. and not kill each other and you have a simple enough game that you're committed to then find a devolver get a platform mm-hmm. you can make it they're living proof of it being made so uh, they'd be the games that I would call out uh, all for creativity, all because I think it's kind of neat and kind of yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, you know, the the alternative to that is you have a lot of studios that are, like, chasing VR. And, yeah. like, in some ways, it seems like they're chasing VR because that's where the funding is. That's where, yes, where the money is. And but when I left um, EA uh, to go to work on tanks, the number one thing that would hit my mailbox would mm-hmm. be, hey, you did all this work on VR. We're doing VR. We're getting funding. We've got all this. It's like, right. Yes, but I'm not interested. Yeah. I think it might be madness. I don't think it might be madness. It is madness. It's amazing madness, but yes. Yeah. So that that's good. Uh, then the, I thought, because I'm disappearing, so I have I've some other stuff. I don't know whether you want to do it in this segment or you want to do it in a different one. Let's hear it. Okay, yeah, so... Yeah. Um, let's go. The first one was to... I, I often meet people who uh, get very concerned about our game's art. Right. And they want to make games. And they tell me they're game designers, but it becomes very clear very early on they're actually artists. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens they've picked games as the way of expressing their art. And so I was th- looking around at games thinking, well, what games can I actually point at? Where I go, well, I think that's legitimate. So I've got a couple here. Uh, none of these are this year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Some of them are really old. This is the, you know, you're, you're going to disappear into Cyprus. This yeah. is. So um, if you've not played Passage, John Roa, yeah. you should. Yeah. Um, you can play it and play it like a computer game, mm-hmm. or then you can read about it, and then you can play it again and experience it as a piece of art. I think it is a piece of art. I think it's a terrible game, but I think, oh, it's, yeah. a, I think it's a great piece of art. But it's awesome. Like, uh, like but, I, I really enjoy it. But it, is not a, it is not some amazing, challenging video game. Uh, there is a host of interactive fiction uh, art computer games mm-hmm. uh, which you can play. Uh, I'm not going to talk about those. Um, my favorite sort of just make the most of it from nothing is called um, This is the Only Level. Have you played that? The Elephant? Mm. Uh, it's one. No. 
So it's one platform level with a little blue elephant. And it's called, this is the only level. And then all they did is go, if this, <laughs> how many different ways can you possibly do this level? If this is the only level. Is it, is it, it a similar, I, I played a game that sounds like that, but it was, it was like kind of a riff on achievements where they had written like a thousand achievements and you were this little elephant and you could kind of hop around a little platformer, but then there were like a ton of different things you could do. It's a similar sort of game, yeah. but it's again, it's, it's using like the mechanics and input and interaction of a game, mm-hmm. but it's really making a different statement. It's a statement on creativity, which is yeah. if you, how many different ways can you complete a level? If we change the controls, if we change the rules of gravity, if we change how it scores, if we change the health system. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was quite interesting. Um, one of the walking simulators, there's, there's hundreds of DRS, is uh, really good, but mm-hmm. um, uh, browser-based um, Immortal. Immortal. Yeah. You start as a little black blob and mm-hmm. you basically go to the right. And as you do, you meet all these people and right. you, they slowly feed you and you slowly change it. Great. So, um, loved. Have you played Loved? I've not played Loved. Loved. So a couple of things. Um, loved is a little black and white pixel jumper, mm-hmm. uh, pr- pretty tight on controls. But it uh, has a narrative that commands you to do things that you can then do or ignore. And so it starts off with, uh, uh, are, you, are you male or female? Mm. But no matter what you pick, if you pick male, it goes, no, you're not. You're female. Like, that's, that's how the game works. Yeah. Um, it's really interesting. Uh, word of warning, if you have um, triggers or there's abuse in your life, mm. uh, be a little careful because yeah, it seems that's like that... ultimately where it's going to go. It's a confrontational Right. Or, or it, but again, game or art game. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a game. It's brutally tough as a platformer. Uh, so you don't actually get too far with the message if yeah. you're very good. Uh, right. I thought it was good. Uh, there's a lady doing some really interesting stuff. I can kind of pronounce her name. Leah Schonenfelder? Schonenfelder. Alista Damatrova was her first game. It's all hand drawn. And it's about being an urchin in St. Petersburg. Okay, and uh, it's all hand drawn pictures, and it's based on. I'm yeah, playing, all right, maybe uh, I have seen that. Then she did uh, the the definitely not safe for work UTE, mm. um, which is uh, well, you can go look it up. Uh, and uh, she's got the Xbox Connect. I think the Perfect Woman, uh, which is a Connect camera game. Okay, uh, we like strike poses, mm-hmm. and then it tells you what happened with your life and uh, where you went on. Um, it's very much like the uh, Thirty Second Life, right? Um, yeah, uh, I, iPhone app, which I'm in, by the way. Right. Um, yes. I, uh, yeah. And then uh, going bigger than that, Dig and Rig. Um, I just played Dig and mm-hmm. Rig again today. Yeah. So Dig and Rig was uh, made by DigiPen, which is where they get games. They get them. Then people make games and put mm-hmm. them out. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dig and Rig. I have no idea why Dig and Rig isn't as big as Minecraft, because it's ASCII. It yeah. works on any machine. Um, you start with a little man with a drill, and you go drilling through a mine, and then um, you get a jetpack, and you start zooming around in the mine with your jetpack, and then you go back to your base, and out of idle interest you hit the jetpack button outside and before you know it you're into the clouds and then before you know it you're into the stars and then before mm-hmm. you know it you're at the moon yeah and, and you're mining the moon yeah and um it's uh, really really strange it's thoroughly compelling it works on anything and then when you get to the end of it boom uh you go away and have a big think and see whether you've changed the world and then pixel dungeon is the other one i'm playing mm, yeah have you played that one uh yes a little tap, bit tap tap yeah. tap tap yeah. dead yeah. Tap, 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 mm-hmm. tap, dead again. So I think all those things are really interesting. There's a, there's an also there's a browser-based game about being um, a pilot of, of drones, war drones, uh, where you uh, have right. a, a relationship at home mm-hmm. that you're trying to maintain yeah. while you're, you're going to work and, and, and piloting. Theoretically. Not theoretically. Well, yeah, you, you are, are definitely, you're, yeah. You're, which, and, so, and that's the reason, by the way, I think that The Last Guardian 
has <laughs> has lost some of its appeal because there's now all these crazy things coming out. Well, yeah, that's yeah. Um, but if ever you wanted to get into it, that's it. Um, I think that they're all really important. They're important because what they haven't done is they haven't replaced big games. Right. Uh, it, it's all, it was all a lie. Facebook didn't destroy gaming. Nope. Neither did Zynga. Mm-mm. Neither did iPhones. Yeah. Uh, the big games are just as big, if not bigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're actually it's, been really good this year. Yeah, it's been... Uh, this year, I feel like, has been a really great year for yeah. games. And and this is one of the first years... Last year, we, we were most of the way there, I think. But th- th- last year, I feel like big games didn't necessarily hold up its end of the bargain. And yeah. this is the first year that I feel like there's actually some real balance to where it, we're beyond the conversation of big games versus small games. We used to have to have award categories for uh, yeah. XBLA. As a, as a separate thing because it was a different price point, a different expectation of game and all that other stuff. And like you think about that now, like the like lower budget digital game or, yeah. or mid-tier digital game against these, these you know, juggernauts and stuff like that. I, I think they kind of hold their own in different ways. They don't tick the same boxes, but games are just games. Well, I liken it to um, what happened in film. Hmm. Uh, and so what we just went through was um, televisions arrived and right. everyone was like, well, cinema's dead. Cinema's over. Big yeah. movies are over. Yeah. And it's, it's just not true. Right. And now we've come through the other side. So if you want to be in the industry and you want to make big box games, you still can. If you want to just make something in a back bedroom, you can. If you want to make something that's arty, you can. Mm-hmm. If you want to go make something on your own and maybe, maybe change the world. Oh, No Man's Sky. I should at least talk about No Man's Sky. I understand everyone's very angry. Sure. Okay. I understand that. I, yeah. get, I get that. Um, it's a really small team mm-hmm. and uh, they ended up with a tiger by the tail. Yeah. And I have met and been in teams that have had that happen to them. Mm. Um, there's really nothing you can do once it's got away from you. Once the people who are nothing to do with the game have decided it's going to be brilliant and brilliant and brilliant. And they're going to talk about it and they're going to push it. And expectation they're gonna, yeah. is going to go there. And then you end up, uh, you, you become a politician before you're aware you're a politician. And so there's a period of time when you're just talking like a human being, mm-hmm. not realizing that people are writing it down as though you're a head of state. Right. And now all of a sudden you work out you're a head of state, but by then it's too far. It's too gone. You've already committed to all these policies and right. now you're doomed. And so I understand everyone's angry and people got their money back and the rest of it. The thing about No Man's Sky is a small team did some extraordinary stuff and procedurally generated crazy stuff Mm -hmm. and they were able to at least look credible bulked up to a a triple a level um i feel real pain for everyone who was let down and i feel real pain for the devs uh their grasp exceeded their reach Mm -hmm. um little little unfortunate yeah we saw that game for the first time a few days before it got announced next door to this building and we, we we walked into a hotel room and sat down and looked at it and it just seemed crazy I mean, I what they were saying, what, what, what Sean was saying it was just like this. Okay. Uh, there's four of you here. Yeah. Well, I think there's, I think and, and then they, they, they grew. The yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, e- 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 people again, creativity needs failure. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's lots of lessons to be learned about it. Uh, but it's not like they took a $70 million, uh, deal and then just w- welched on it. Right. They didn't. What what they're guilty of is they got as excitable as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then they were unable to realize what they could deliver versus what they thought they were going to deliver. Remind- like I said, lots of teams have been there. Mm-hmm. It, I've been in one. It reminded me of the end result of a Peter Molyneux game. 
yeah. for different reasons along the way and for for a, like a different situation but the end result still felt like that well what what it what it's done is it's um put the power back in the um corporate marketing people mm-hmm. because now all they're going to say is well game game makers can't talk to people because right. they, they'll just create these problems mm-hmm. uh, and you know there is nothing as um vicious as a spurned computer game lover uh, and so you know once they've decided used to not be that way hey no we I, got there <laughs> i think it's always been that way but well it's it's oh with that in mind um so no man's sky there you go i would have a beer with them um uh, get your money back if you don't like it uh, try not to get fooled next time uh, and remember as the discerning game buyer that you are mm-hmm. you have the right to make your own mind up and you have the right to do that before you give them any money and my advice is make your own mind up yeah. Uh, if you stick with that, you'll do fine, and you'll find hidden gems. But I'm going to end um, on a story. Yeah. Now, a couple of caveats. One, uh, a guy called John Dean, who I like very much, mm-hmm. told me this story. And uh, how much of it is true, I don't know. Maybe none of it. But it's told with an awful lot of passion and a lot of detail. <laughs> uh, uh, now, I've got the story. I've had it for a while. And so I'm now going to tell the story. All right. Um, so this all might be lies. Most good game development stories yeah. are, yeah. But Sad Links is quite good. So um, for you, modern memory, because you and me have been around a long time, but there was a time when uh, Nintendo just used to have bits of plastic that you plugged into your television, and that's and the cartridges that cost a fortune, mm-hmm. that's what they did. And uh, they were dominant. They were kings. Yeah. They'd beaten everyone. Uh, and they'd basically beaten everyone on the, the Super uh, Nintendo the, uh, and they were kings of effectively 2D. Mm-hmm. Uh, but technology was moving on and 3D was arriving. And uh, Nintendo were rubbish at it. They yep. were actually rubbish at 3D. They didn't know how to do it. And so they did what they, they usually do. They looked around for someone who was good at it that they could work with, mm-hmm. which they'd done before uh, when they wanted to understand uh, really game making. They went and got rare. Right. And they just took all the clothes. Plugged them in. and Yeah, yeah. plugged them in and, and made them workhorses to make games mm-hmm. that were amazing. So they looked around, and there was a company over in Britain, uh, Argonaut Software. Yeah. Uh, Jez was in, in charge of it. Jez is a genius, uh, but that means he's also a genius. Right. You know, okay, so, uh, but, and he, he Argonaut, they'd made a game, um, Starglider, mm-hmm. which was a vector-based uh, 360-degree zoom-around simulator game. Yeah. And it looked a lot like um, uh, the Star Wars arcade game. Mm-hmm. Like the was that on? Imperial Walkers. Atari ST and Amiga. Okay, right. And yeah. then the PC. Yeah. Uh, but it was everything that we were promised. Mm-hmm. Full 3D movement in an immersive vectorized world. Yeah. And so uh, they, they got in, Nintendo got in contact and said, uh, we want you to make a game like that for us. My is going to create it and you're going to make it. And they were like, well, that's, that's quite exciting. Mm-hmm. So Jez uh, got hold of the hardware, looked at the hardware, and then wrote them a very short letter going, it's impossible. Your hardware is terrible. Right. And it can't possibly do it. And they wrote back and went, well, but it has to do it. And so because he's jazz and he's incredibly smart, he said, I'll tell you what, how about I build you a chip? Think mm-hmm. about that. Think about the amount of creatives. Right. Go, oh, I'll yeah. just build you a chip. Oh, yeah. We'll, just, we'll put the math in the cartridge. It's fine. Uh, yeah. I'll, I, I will build the yeah. circuit board. Yeah. And we will burn a chip. Uh, Valve are probably the only company that, that think like right. that now. So Jazz decides he's going to build a chip. They're going to put it in the cartridge, and that's how they're going to do 3D. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be brilliant. So he sets about fiddling with the engine, and he's getting the engine up to prototyping, and he's basically emulating Starglider, and he's figuring it out. 
And uh, my master's over in Japan, and he's going to be doing the thing. And they build the first prototype uh, box. And it's basically the ship in space, Starfield, and there's uh, basically a, a gray cube at the center. And just to give it some form of, uh, there's a score, and it goes up when you go towards the planet. Mm-hmm. And it goes down when you go away from it. Very simple. <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's very simple. Yeah. And so they send that build off. And then they're, they're feverishly working. And then they get this um, fax back. Mm-hmm. And uh, thermal paper fax. Yeah. There was no email back then. Yeah. And so they start... And it's got this squiggle. And they think, well, it must be Japanese. And no one can read it because it was all very pixelated back then. And so they're they're trying to figure out what he's written. And they don't know. And... Then someone's looking at it, and then someone goes, "I think, it, I think, I think it's a, I think it might be a frog." <laughs> and they go, "What do you mean? I think it might be a frog. Look, if you hold it this way, is that a frog? That looks like a frog." And they're going, "He sent us a picture of a frog. Why is he? Sen- I don't know. Why is he sent us a picture of the frog? Does frog mean something in Japanese? <laughs> I don't know." So they put it to one side. They, they were there, and they're waiting to hear what he thought of the right tech, yeah. tech demo. Yeah. And then the next day, another fact. He sent another squiggle. It, they were getting, they got their eye in there. Right, yeah. They went, I think it's, I think it's a rabbit. Mm-hmm. That's a, their ears. That's definitely, look, if that's a frog, that's definitely a rabbit. Yeah. Okay, so we've got a frog and a rabbit. Is it the year of the rabbit? The year of the frog? Mm-hmm. No, 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 that's Chinese. You're, 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 yeah, you're going the wrong way. It's a horrible thing. Yeah. And so they didn't know what was going on. And then uh, Jez phones through and goes, did you get the demo? Did you get the cartridge? Yes. Have they looked at it? Yes. Do we have any? Fe- yes. Can he give you some feedback? He goes the facts. And it's in English. Mm. And it says, I don't know what to do. That's it. That's the sum total of the feedback. Yeah. And, we go, and, what do you, and, and apparently he doesn't know what to do. All right. And so, Jez, well, just plug it in. Make sure it's in a standard console. We, did we make it compatible with the Japanese console? Yes, yes. We oh, did. Okay, yeah. right, good. NTSC. Yeah, so it's yeah, good. Okay. So it works yeah, on right. Japanese console. Yeah. Make sure it's in controller A. Mm-hmm. Right. And we, uh, I don't know what to do. He said it again. Get on a plane. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Hello? Come in. Like, here, look. Fires it up. Flies around. Mm-hmm. Works perfectly. Yeah. Numbers go up when he goes towards the box. He goes, this is what you do. And there's lots of nodding. Mm-hmm. And then the translator, he goes, yes. He doesn't know what to do, though. I said, well, what you do is you, 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 you fly towards the box. Yes, that is the thing he doesn't know how to do. Well, I'm showing you how to. Yes, that's the point. Is he doesn't want you to show. I, I don't think I understand. He wants you to make it so it flies towards the box. Mm. Sorry, he wants you to make it so it flies towards the box. That way, he will know what to do. Well, <laughs> but it's a it's a free floating simulator. It's in three three D. It's three three sixty degree. You want me to put it on rails? Yes. Mm. On rails. Yes. Well, can I actually? I want to have a word. What about what's the frog? <laughs> Oh, that's that, like while we're here. While we're here, that's the pilot. What are you talking about? That's going to be the pilot. But it's not going to be the main pilot. He's had another idea. Well, he wants it to be a fox. Sorry? It's going to be a fox. A fox. Let me get it straight. You want me to build a chip, put it in a cartridge. You want me to make it a full 3D experience. Then you want me to put it on rails. And it's a spaceship with a fox and a frog and a frog and a rabbit and a rabbit. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any idea what the, the game is going to be? Yeah, it's going to have a galaxy map. Oh, good. Right. Well, I can give you a galaxy map. I was thinking maybe a spiral galaxy, and you can go anywhere you want. No, it's going to be a galaxy from left to right in straight lines, and it's preordained. Preordained. Yes. 
And then it gets to the big baddie. Right, a space station. No, a giant space monkey. What? A space monkey. Of course. That fires lasers from its eyes, Mm -hmm. but can punch you. What are you talking about? Well, that's what I want. An on-rails, animal-based, King Kong in space, non-360 degree Mm -hmm. game. Yes. Get on the plane. Gets on the plane. (laughs) Tells the team. The team go, you're out of your mind. Well, I can't do it. So he goes back and he says, all right, but because your idea is insane, we insist that it also ships with four-player arena-based 360 Hmm. combat. Yeah. And they go, as long as there's enough room on the cartridge, (laughs) once the game's in, fine. So they they go away and, and make it. And then they're making it. And uh, they have, again, crisis of conscience, back on the airplane. I want to have this conversation again. I can't believe we've got this far. And he, they show what the tech looks like when you can free fly. Right, yeah. And there's lots of nodding. And then eventually, written down on a piece of paper and translated, the answer is, um, you are not the audience. And that was the end of the debate. Yeah. <laughs> it was, okay. Get back on the plane. Like and make, oh, and make, make right. Yeah. Okay. And the reason I love that story uh, is first, I absolutely can believe it happening. Yes. Uh, that totally. That, that lines up. <laughs> that, that pretty much matches what I think, but it's a great example of uh, creativity, mm-hmm. uh, vision, technology, marketing, appetite, focus, like all of it put together. Right. Because it does it is the clash of cultures. Mm-hmm. It's the clash of it. it, it there's Jez going, look, it, technologically, it can do all these amazing like, things. Why would you limit it to this one viewpoint when we could go anywhere? Yeah, yeah. And yet, from the other side, you've right. got, no, it's, I, I, it's an on-rail shooter because I want people to have the experience yeah. fly through space. Like, we want to custom craft this yeah. experience for them. And, and, and then we want frogs and rabbits of course. and foxes mm-hmm. because. And then, yes, I know we can have a space station with laser lights. But we're going to have a, 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 a giant space monkey that fires lasers from his eyes. That mm. is going to be the answer. And so um, that whole story, and you think, it, how long ago was that now? That was like 90. That was, that, I mean, that would have been happening in... 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's an, an amazing thought that, it, you know, way back then, mm-hmm. we were having these sort of bonkers, crazy, nonsensical conversations. Uh, and yet uh, that's what gaming is. It is compromise. Right. Meets technology. Mm-hmm. Meets market meets um, a vision. And did you like Star Fox? I liked it once. Liked it once. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, c- but, because it was on rails. Because you, you got but, through it and you're like, okay. I didn't like like 47 million other people yeah. like it as well. Yeah. It, like it's and all games. they had to do was like it once. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, yeah. So yeah, so that's Star Fox. Uh, John Dean gave me that story. All of it could be lies. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope it isn't. Um, in my head, uh, the, I, I one day I, I hope the faxes exist, right? So you can see the the, the original the and the yeah, rabbits. And, and if there's more to it, if the people who actually were there, yeah, can flesh it out. The only thing they're not allowed to do is to come out and say that's total rubbish. <laughs> um, like just for the sheer beauty of the story, <laughs> just keep quiet. That's it. Oh, and Ken Holly um, still has uh, mouse problems. Oh, weird! In, intimate, weird how that works. Intermittent mouse problems. Yeah. Um, in uh, for his League of Legends, that's still mm. happening. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, come and play World of Tanks. Um, it's on consoles and stuff now. It's on everything. It's yeah. on it's on mobile, uh, played by like it, mobile is sort of like the the, the y- younger version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for people who, who just want to play with their thumbs. 
console is like the mid version, and then PC is like the hard. It's, it's very much like shooters, right? You know, but you know, like be straight with me here because I still play a lot of console. I, I still play a fair amount. Like I really like Titanfall two. I like the yep. speed of it. Yep, it's so frenetic. It's so fast paced. Mm-hmm. I, I still, I still play a fair amount of Quake three. Yeah, you know, and oh, I and I'm, but that's muscle memory, and I'm not you. terrible at it. That's muscle memory. No, the kids don't want to play that. Well, but but I mean, just as someone who still wants to go at that speed, as someone who still can oh, well, theoretically you, go at that speed, does World of Tanks actually? If you want to play light tanks hmm. and drive around at seventy-two miles an hour, kiting people with your tiny little auto loader that the French invited, like the Bat Chat, feel hmm. free. Me, I take German super heavies out okay. that weigh 90 tons. Uh, and you just hide in your bush? No, super heavies don't. Oh, okay. They sit in the middle of town, <laughs> and they, they, you know, they spend 25 seconds reloading, and then they point at you, they shoot, there's a white flash, and then you're dead. <laughs> it's very simple. Uh, and you're traveling at 12 miles an hour. And and you're deflecting with your armor, and you know you're yeah, and yeah. you're playing with with secret weapons that were never built. I mean, things like E100 tanks, right? Okay, they existed in prototypes. Mm-hmm. It's, or the, the the Japanese have got super heavies, and they were basically uh, naval guns, guns taken off ships. Yeah, and just, and just strapped to the top of a tank. Yeah, and they never built them because they, mm. it's insane. Because why would you? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, if you're, it's a game that's got a pacing. But that mm-hmm. pacing is warm and sensible. It's not for everyone. My son can't stand it. Mm. He, it's like watching paint dry. Right. It's just not fast enough, and it's not immediate enough. And you know, and he wants to headshot everything and mm-hmm. do spins and leaps and all the stuff that he does in his Call of Duties and his battlefields. And I, I've just got no time for any of that anymore. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to come in, the water's lovely. If not, feel feel free. Don't worry. There's like two hundred million of us who are playing it. <laughs> we're, right. We're, yeah. We're all very happy. Yeah. Well. Maybe I'll give it a look. I've been meaning to here. It's yeah. I mean, you can check out some of the videos. Yeah. Um, uh, but meanwhile, I can, I can assume I can get the the bombcast in Europe. Yeah. No. That's the, yeah. We. It's the World Wide Web. So how do, how because when do we when do you get a European office? Uh never. Never. Yeah. No. That's. No. Okay. Right. right. No. So I'm doomed then. Yeah. Pretty much. So. It's, but this will does Skype work in Cyprus? They have internet there, right? I mean, they must. I, I, I assume so okay. at some point. Yes, because they play tanks there. So they must have some. Right. Okay. They must have brought their own internet in yeah, or something. It, yeah, so it's parceled in. All right. Yeah, no, it's probably the European internet. It's mm. socialist. Oh, all right. Well, so then that, that, I think that'll still work. some of it to Cyprus. Yeah. yeah, so we can we can do that, and I can let you know how it's going. Uh, fascinating uh, playing with the um, East European game makers. Mm. Uh, their entire approach, concepts to gaming, how it's done, how it works, why it's a good idea. Uh, uh, alien. To what we do, very much like when I went to Japan, right? Where you know that there's that extreme of cultures, mm-hmm. uh, how they want to make games and how they think games should be made, how they should be looked after, uh, how they should be maintained. Uh, you know, in massive contrast to the West Coast, yeah, uh, yeah. Of the USA. Cool. Well, I've had that now. I'm... Well, good luck out there. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, mm. I will be back at some point, probably in summer. All right. So hopefully we can do something again. If not, we can do something distant from. Cyprus. I have many stories to tell. Yeah. About my uh, World of Tanks adventure. Um, yeah, it's. It sounds like it's already been one over the last year. We're yeah. We're gonna go offline and then we're gonna tell you my first day. Okay. Of work. All right. And then one day we'll record. It. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. See ya.